do you know the latest union rates for commercials? On October 30th of this year, 2022, the new terms of the commercial agreement between IATSE and AICP went into effect. It's like every three years. <laughs> every three. Yeah, exactly. And we know it's already been a month, but if you work in production and you're bidding a job, you might have missed some of the, the nuances in this new contract. And you need to know the changes that have been made. And not only are the rates new, but there are some new provisions that you need to know about, like Gaffers are now called chief lighting technicians, or <laughs> CLT for short. Yep. And script supervisors <laughs> get paid an additional 50 bucks a day for kit fee for each additional camera. It used to be 35 So, yeah. I mean, they, well, scripties earn it, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's lots of little goodies in this new contract. So in this episode, we're going to fill you in on everything you need to know. And even though these are union terms, all you folks out there who do non-union jobs need to know this as well, because you'll generally want to match and honor these rates and provisions as well. It's basically standard. It's standard. So grab a drink. We're going to fill you in on everything you need to know about the latest commercial contract. So stick around. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We are two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. I love the new open, and I'm so excited we're back because we took too long of a big break. So it's great to see you again, well, Sister Christian. It's great to see you, too. And I can say that we didn't take a break for fun reasons. No, I think <laughs> we covered that. So I have to yeah. say this is more fun than what our <laughs> yes. break was. So I'm happy uh, to be back as well. Absolutely. Not not quite a break break, but uh, we had other things going on in our lives and in our eh. uh, careers. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to Los Angeles. As you let everyone know last episode, you're here in LA and I'm so excited. We need to see each other in person more rather than over computer screens, but we'll make it happen. As the kids say, I'm living my best life right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens in LA. You come to LA I mean, and you start living your best life. Well, I'm definitely not. I'm not as pale. I used to come out here and be like, yeah, have you guys seen my East Coast tan? And I was this, <laughs> the, I was the shade of a piece of paper. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, so the parts of me that actually are exposed to the sun are pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Southern California sunshine. Yes, it's beautiful. Before we get into our cocktails, I need to respond to a listener who wrote in about last week's show. You know, a lot of people voted on our little Instagram poll about if they think it's slowing, and so many people voted. It is definitely slowing down. Even an EP wrote me and was like, yeah, it's kind of slow. But it's the calm before the storm. It happens every year, right? We're all going to get a bunch of phone calls soon. I spoke to a, a casting director who said they're seeing a lot of breakdowns come in. So, you know, take it while you can get it. We're all going to start prepping a job before the, the new year, and then it's going to be, you know, gangbusters. Mayhem. So, yeah. So the listener wrote in, and they were talking about the slowdown, but they said it's gangbusters in Georgia, in Atlanta. It's going strong. And that's interesting news. We're not privy to what's going on over there. But I also suggested that it had to do with their amazing incentives for commercials, their tax incentives for commercials. They wrote back and they said, well, they heard a rumor that those incentives in Atlanta were going away next year. So I reached out to the film office in Atlanta to find out. And no, there's no 
planned change to their incentives for mm. next year. It's going to be the same as it is this year. And that's a 20% tax credit if a production company spends over $500,000 a year across various projects. This is commercials, solely talking commercials. If they spend half a million over the year on, it could be several different commercials, 20% tax credit. So that's still going to stand for next year. Film and TV incentives are a little bit different than that. So look it up if you need to. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it includes editorial, like if you hire Mm. an editor and that, you know what I mean? Like, is it all aspects of production or are we just talking, you know, A to K? (laughs) That I don't know. Um, I'll put the link in the Facebook group to the Georgia Film Office website, and then you guys can look it up there. I know New York has a really good post-production film credit, right? I have no idea. Uh (laughs) Ah. As a live action producer, I have no fucking clue. But that said, really? Yes. (laughs) Tell me more. I didn't mean to blindside you with that. (laughs) No, no, no. It's like, I don't know. I mean, but I also, you know, my specialty is live action. So, yes, of course. I don't. I like to leave the last shoot day as if. I'm setting a bridge on fire. <laughs> I had a, I know, I had a production manager who'd look at me when we were on the martini and he's like, like, as soon as we call rap, you're just like a poof of dust and a spinning walkie on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it, out. But I do want to do an episode with a post-supervisor and get the rundown oh, of everything smart. we need to do to help them, you know, do their job. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, I know about post and such, but I always tried to limit my knowledge to, oh, getting editorial specs yeah, and making yeah, yeah, sure yeah. that uh, yes. the editor and the director spoke before I left right. the job. So exactly. yeah, there's so much more involved in that. There is, there is. And we'll learn about it here. But first, Christian, what are you drinking? I am drinking a sake today because I knew that our show topic is a little spicy today. It is. I went with something mild. It's sake by a company called One Cup and oh. it is delicious. I love this sake. They have it at Sugarfish and Kazunori, and it's delicious. That little peel-off top. Yeah. So the other day I ordered from Kazunori and was like, oh, my goodness. And so I ordered six of them. There you go. (laughs) Hey, it's the winter months. We got to stock up. What are you drinking, Lawrence? I am having a, a drink to celebrate the city from which you left. It's called the Brooklyn, not the Manhattan. But the Brooklyn. Mm, uh, you know, yeah, it means it's, it's dirtier and more expensive. It's <laughs> probably. Well, uh, this is homemade, so I don't know. But it's two ounces of rye or other whiskey, one ounce of dry vermouth, quarter ounce of maraschino liqueur. That's some fancy stuff. Quarter ounce <laughs> of, it can be anything, Picon Ramazzotti. All I did was a few dashes of orange bitters, and it's delicious. It's a shaken drink. It sounds delicious, and I will definitely, um, now that we're in the same city, I demand one the next time we see each other. (laughs) I'll make you one when you come over. The Brooklyn. The Brooklyn. All right, let's dive into today's topic. But first, if you enjoy the support of other seasoned producers like us or production teams, if you like learning from other production professionals and you enjoy staying informed on the latest industry happenings in this crazy business we're in, then look no further than the Producers Happy Hour Facebook community. That's where we post about our latest episodes and more importantly, have deeper discussion about what's happening in our business and support each other through those really tough jobs. And for the next generation of producers who are working their way up, we give insightful producing tips, tricks, secrets, back pocket stuff, and more (laughs) importantly, 
moral support. We will also be hosting live Q&As, Lawrence, my favorite shit, (laughs) what we like to call office hours, because we get to talk to you. I can't wait. We'd love to see you there. So come on by, grab yourself a drink and join us at producershappyhourgroup.com or just click the link in the show notes. Okay, on to today's topic. We are talking about the new IA contract. And if you're on the newsletter email blast, you got a link to the chart that has all the latest rates and things, thanks to Andrew Cologne. But there's more to it. There's a bunch of new terms and things that have happened. So there's another link that I'm going to put in the Facebook group that has this all listed out for you. And we're going to go through some of them. Rates are one thing. They're in the spreadsheet. If you're on the newsletter, you got them. But there's some interesting things here. But just a kind of baseline, we know 3% is when it, it goes up, right? So rate rates as of October 30th went up 3%. Next year, October 1st, 2023, they're going up 4%. And then the next year after that, 2024, yeah. it's another 4%. I mean, 3% does nothing. Like no, it's, it's we're behind it's, inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I did want to say that this was very interesting, you know, this contract dropping, because I mm-hmm. had covered as an executive producer at a company that I work with a lot. We were bidding out other production companies because we were acting on clients' behalf for a few things. And the bid happened before the new contract dropped. So uh, what I was discussing with that um, production company's line producer the entire time was all the things that did not mm-hmm. make it into the bid mm-hmm. because it wasn't out yet. I found out a lot of things by, you know, oops. Yeah. <laughs> but I found out some yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always probably maybe like a clause in the bid letter. Like when there's new terms, we don't know what they are. When the contract gets released, yeah. we have to adjust some things. Well, that's a good pro tip because that clause was not included in the bid letter. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where should we start? There's so many things. I can call a few things that jumped out to me that were pretty important, I felt, like okay. teleprompter. Teleprompter is now rate-wise equal to VTR. That's a large rate bump. This is making me want to become a teleprompter operator even more. Did I tell you this is my first job? I was a teleprompter operator at a local news station in Orange (laughs) County. And this was old school where you actually fed a piece of paper through and there was a camera on the paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you had to scratch like words out. Like an overhead out and, projector type Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school. Mm-hmm. So my retirement plan is, when I get out of this business, is to become a part-time blackjack dealer, a part-time Ooh. notary public, and part-time teleprompter operator. Oh, my I God. I just made it up just now, but that's my exit plan. Okay. I mean, at least you have a plan. At least you have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that was interesting to me. And then also, I think that there's a few things that LAIOTC has picked up from our friends in New York at Local 52. Exactly. Now, the sound department is minimum staffing. You have to have a boom operator. Which was always been the case, like you, like you were recording scratch or like you know doing playback or something. Only in New York, you had to have a boom, had to. Yeah. So yeah. give the love to the boom operator because exactly. they are now going to be on your job. Now, if you ask Jane Nunez, Nunez, there is no minimum staffing in the contract, but it literally says right there two staff minimum. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. 
Location managers and scouts, yep. their scale rates for daily on-call rate has gone up to 800 in the Northeast Corridor and 650 for areas outside L.A. County. Now, we all know those aren't street rates, right? But just so we know. Yes, they are not street rates. Scale is up there. And like, like we said at the top of the show, script supervisors, they get an extra $50 per day kit rental fee for a second and each additional camera rolling simultaneously, not to exceed $150 a day. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's worth it because whenever you're having to track continuity and oh um, yeah. precision with more than yeah. one camera, you should be able to have the equipment and get paid for it. That's just doubling work. I mean, I've had script supervisor cover four cameras before. It's almost impossible. I don't even know how they do it. Bless the no. uh, script supervisors <laughs> out there. This was another interesting one. I know we joked about this at the top, but in film, gaffers were always called chief lighting techs. So now we're just right. matching that language. But what happens then is your best boy, which Christian, mm -hmm. when we were talking, researching the show, you know, we agree that this is like an old term. It's an outdated term that we should not be using anymore. <laughs> exactly. Second lighting technician becomes assistant chief lighting technician. So CLT and ACLT. It's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. I can't wait to see that being wrong on every call sheet. <laughs> yeah, you change your call sheets, everyone. Those are the new, mm -hmm. those are the new terms. Mm -hmm. And craft service. Yeah. I like this. This is good because I think that a lot of us are put in a position when we're asked if we can handle something, if we're production friendly. Hey, can you do 80 people? That seems tough. But if if it means I'm not going to get the job, then I'll agree to it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. And now that at over 54 people, you need to have a craft assistant. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. It just solves so many arguments. And I this comes up all the time. Why does Crafty need an assistant? Well, because my crew is 110 people. Because they right? need it. <laughs> because they need it. Why do we need seatbelts? Well... What I disagree with a lot is people minimizing the amount of work that they're not doing. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you hear an EP saying, oh, it's just this. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you have just reduced my entire job to one sentence, and that's oh. not it. And so when we have a union structure like this that actually says, hey, we think that one person can handle 54 people of constant eating, <laughs> basically, yes. yeah. then that's great. Anything more than that, we need to add. It doesn't minimize what you do for a living. Yeah. And when you're yeah. having to fight the entire time for what you're due, I couldn't feed 54 people by myself. A good craft service person, I mean, of course, give them an assistant. I, I love that. I love that it's happening because you know what? It takes the, like you said, takes the argument out of your hand and you just have to do it. That is such true words that you said. And that is something that I am behind you in that fight to stop that from happening. And these kind of rules help that, that says, hey, this job is not not achievable at this scale, there, more help is needed. Yeah. And so for you, you people who do a lot of non-union, like I do a ton of non-union work, mm -hmm. and these rules that were set by the unions, when you carry them over into your non-union world, it just makes everything so much more humane. Yes. And it, absolutely. It's, they're absolutely a great guideline to understand what you should and should not be doing. You should yeah. not be asking a craft service person to handle 100 people by themselves. Exactly. You're setting everybody up for failure. 
Yes, Everybody exactly. up for failure. And then God, you'll be sitting in Video Village and your entire crew, <laughs> I'm sorry, your entire client and directors will be like, what's up with Crafty? I can't even get a T. Oh, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to put no. anyone in that position, guys. No. This other one is really interesting. And Christian, I think you have a lot to say about this one. For every production <laughs> I covered... I have a lot to say. <laughs> for, every, no, for every covered production, production companies will provide a notification to the IATSE of mm-hmm. intent to shoot. This is a New York thing that I, I think mean. you informed me of when I first worked in New York. <laughs> Give it to us. So used to get like fundus. Mm. Um, used to get local fifty two would be like, hey, we're the day before the shoot. They'd be like, hey, where's your call sheet? You're like, what do you mean? You need to email us a call sheet. I'm like, don't you get it from your members? Well, you need to be sending it to us too. And that's how it started. <laughs> and so for twenty years, we've been just randomly emailing all call sheets to the union because they made us. And it looks like now it's part of the contract for LA to start doing it. Na- I mean, I know that you guys. I mean, any IATSE job, right? Yeah. So I know that you um, normally, what we never did in New York was call the union to see if people were eligible to work mm-hmm. just because they did not require that. But I know that that's something you do out in LA. Yes. yes. So now on top of that, you also have to just add to when you email the crew, the call sheet the day before the shoot, I'm assuming all you have to do is add in the new email. Yeah. You got to notify them and then you got to clear everyone. You got to clear them all. So, you know, this program called Double the Line, where you basically hire somebody to shadow a seasoned professional, right? Like yes. a first AD. IATSE and AICP, they're going to form a subcommittee, develop guidelines on the implementation of this Double the Line program and similar equity and inclusion programs. Hopefully, this subcommittee will do a lot of good. I have hope. I hope I, I can try and hope. Yeah, I mean, hope is hope. (laughs) (laughs) Change is change. Change is is change, yeah. I mean, I do understand the premise behind it, and I do think that half the companies believe in it and half don't. The half of the companies who do actually have great working environments within their company, too. They embrace the education when, you know, it's not always about the bottom line. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And agencies are on board with this too. Oh yeah, they and they clients. want it. Mm-hmm. They, they you know, they but, but I, I will tell you, I was in a situation where the, where they demanded, you know, the job awarded. Bam, here we are. They hired a white male director and then demanded that the entire crew be minorities. Mm-hmm. We explained to them that we strive as much as we can to fill these roles in such a way and the only way to that you know we've hired the dp we've hired the first ad and what we can do is take it on this double the line program and here's what the cost would be because we had to pay now a second person to mm-hmm. come into these positions and you know they don't want to pay it they'd rather just demand things than help they, yes begin to have a working solution to yeah. availabilities right because mm-hmm. it's not just about finding people and it's about education and going out to the neighborhoods it's and the, the communities and it's the long game exactly mm-hmm. what else is in here So um, foreign productions, you can now negotiate flat rates. So say you're bringing a DP to Mexico for three days and you want to pay them 10 grand flat. That way, you know, it covers everything. It's totally fine, but you actually have to pay a certain amount of P&W on 
at least 75 hours. So you can flat rate everything all you want, but you have a yeah. minimum of per week, 75 hours that you have to pay the P&W on. Interesting. It says the mm-hmm. contribution amount may be prorated for partial work weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's sure. it gets into the weeds a little bit. It gets yeah, into, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, flat rates suck anyway, but I get yeah. why we would need them. I get it. Yeah. Cancellation of call. This is interesting. This Notification is of mm-hmm. a cancellation of call must be made by 4 p.m. if the day preceding the canceled day is not a work day. So that means if it's Sunday and a storm Mm. rolls in, you have until four to cancel. Am I reading that right? I'm reading it as if it's so say you've booked your crew for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can cancel them on Tuesday because it's not a work day for them by 4 p.m. Yeah. Instead of Saturday, that's what I'm reading it yeah, as. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. It, it used to be 2.30, which was kind of, that was that was pretty late, I thought. Canceling somebody by 4 thought, o'clock and not yeah. paying them, that's I'm surprised that's, that it's actually going later. That must that's have been wild. a negotiate. They must have given up something in order to get something yeah, for that. That's, that's how it all works. Now, the 54-hour thing is interesting. Right, so that's weekend turnaround weekend, you know, it Mm -hmm. can be, I guess, any two days technically. But for a five consecutive day work week, there will be a 54 hour turnaround period. And for a six day consecutive work week, 32 hour turnaround period. So that's 24 (laughs) plus eight, Mm -hmm. right? Here's another one, meal penalties, $25 for a fifth and succeeding half hour meal delay or fraction thereof. You know, Mm -hmm. if you go one minute over 25 for that fifth one. After 20 meal penalties in a work week, one hour of the prevailing rate will be paid for each half hour violation. That's interesting. That's fantastic. Yeah. They're trying to cut back on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, intentional meal penalties. Yes. Now, this I thought was interesting, too. Employers must offer first-class nearby accommodations when an employee works more than 15 hours in a day and is outside of a designated production zone. Now, it used to be 16 hours in New York. You know, you had to offer hotel rooms, basically. Right. Now, this mm-hmm. is saying that if you're outside a zone, so say you're filming in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're at the 15-hour mark, you better be putting people in hotels. Yes. First class hotels. <laughs> First class hotels. No not, uh, not Motel tense. 8. Yeah. I no hourlies, guys. A little humanity sometimes. Yeah, and I, hate that, I hate that it has to be written down, but clearly it does, or it would, there was a problem, does. or they yes. wouldn't have had to add it. Right. Exactly. Edition of Juneteenth as a recognized union holiday. Ooh. And... Um, Speaking of union holidays, just so we're going into the new year, January 1st is a Sunday. So, of course, that's a holiday. But January 2nd is Monday. That's going to be a holiday, too, for almost everyone except Local 52. Not sure why. They traded that for a different one. They did. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, if you're bidding right now, make sure you know that January 2nd is also a holiday. Martin Luther King, January 6th. That's on a Monday. That's also going to be a holiday for everybody as well. Low budget productions, Christian. You're right, Lawrence. So, like the new daily maximum production cost of 150 grand, and the like a new total of overall seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's gone up for low budget stuff too. Yeah, it was seventy five, right? Something yeah. Like that. So wow. So good luck. Yeah. 
people out there trying to get that uh, low-budget tier. That is exactly what's happening. The unions are lowering their stuff so that, you know, more along, Uh, I would assume, the lines of the new media streaming contract so that they can just continually get everybody into the union. We all know about flipping, right? Uh Like, that's a huge deal. And I think that this is just another way to say, because I was flipped over the summer and we were like, but our budgets are always so low. This ties right into that of like, okay, well, great. Well, we've lowered our low budget limit. So guess what? We can flip you. Oh, amazing. Just saying. We, yeah. We said this on the last episode. Beware out there. Yeah. If you're shooting more than one day in a big city, mm-hmm. yep. you're going to get flipped right now. Last couple things before we go. Local 52, that contract expired uh, last week, November 30th of this year. So mm-hmm. uh, look out for some new things from them. And DGA, 3% rate increase was effective. By the time you hear this, it was effective on December 1st. And that's not yet reflected in these rates. So that's another 3% for DGA folks. <laughs> uh, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Well, I mean, should we just give ourselves a raise right now? I would yes. like a raise. Can we do that? We deserve it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know of anybody who deserves it more than us. So. All right, Christian, how do people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you directly? They can find me at sisterchristianproduces.com. And Lawrence, how do people get a hold of you if they want you? LawrenceTLewis.com. I'm all there. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Can't wait. Bye. See you. Producers Happy Hour was brought to you with the help of Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist. Thanks for listening, and remember... Enjoy happy hour when you can. Because making shit is hard. 